2: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com it's
3: time to wake up with a nice cup of morning roast featuring Phil finest, Bonte Hill. <laughs> the pride of the excelsior, mm-hmm. Joe, boy Shasky. You're listening to 95, mm-hmm.
1: the day, the morning roast.
4: It is the morning roast. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It's not Bonte Hill and Joe Shasky. It's Joe Spadoni and Sam Lubman filling in for today. Been doing that the last three days. Thank you, all of you. Uh, for your shout outs, we're still getting some more in 888 957 9570. You know what? It's a feel good Friday. It's a football Friday brought to you by First Five California. Visit firstfivecalifornia.com to learn four things that you could do to overcome toxic stress. So I'm feeling good. I'll do shout outs the whole day if I want to. Uh, we got a special guest coming up here in just a second. We got Rob Stats Guerrera, Stats on fire, I should say, at a 845. Just a little preview of this 49ers Washington Commanders game. I just need Brock to not turn the ball over. That's it. That's all I'm looking for in this game. Handle the team. We'll get the win. That's all that matters. They're in a dogfight right now in the NFC, tied with the Eagles and the Lions. Warriors taking the L last night. We were talking about culture, and uh, the Heat obviously have a culture, Sam Lubman. uh, What's the Warriors' culture right now? We can get back into that conversation and some New Year's uh, resolutions for some of these Bay Area squads. But before we get to all that, we got to welcome in the one, the only, Joe Shasky. What's going on, buddy? How you doing? I am doing fantastic. Here is the Warriors'
3: culture. It's a lack of self awareness. Hey, I think I'm still a 99 overall. Really, you're an 86. I think I'm not a bully. No, really, all you do is bully other people who can't fight back and your teammates. I believe that I should be starting and playing 40 minutes. No, actually, you're 21 years old and you make a ton of mistakes, but yeah, you should be playing more. It's a lack of self-awareness. That's the current culture of the Golden State Warriors.
4: I like it. I like it. Hey, how was your yeah, Christmas? He's coming in hot. He is coming in hot, but that's what we come to expect here. Come on. Do you think he's going to come into he operates new... at one You think he's going go into the new year not coming Joe. in hot? Come on, man. How was your Christmas? Joe, first and foremost, come on. Come on. There's there's some big news you got to share here, buddy. Uh, well, you're burying the well, lead here.
3: Hey, look, uh, you know, uh, first off, thank you, Loveman. Uh, the summer of love is now the winter of love. And thank you, Spugati, a.k.a. Joe Spadoni, my soprano brother. Uh, we welcome the new baby boy home, and it's very difficult to keep things quiet in this modern day. Uh, shout out <laughs> to team. Um, my team. The greatest partner who ever lived, Vonte Hill, for holding it down and everybody for kind of, yeah, you know, just keeping it close to the vest for my wife and I. And so Michelle and I are so happy, and my, my extended family and my friends, everybody's so happy, and we're just—God is good, man. You know, you hear that a lot, and little LJ is, is just a, a bundle of joy. I'm getting no sleep, though, bro. I'm going to be honest. like,
4: But I'm it's good, right? But, it, no but, it, but it's okay, because people always try to, like, scare you about that. You're not going to sleep or anything. But you know what? When you're taking care of a, a baby, a human life— that's okay. No there's a, there's like a love there where like you you you're exhausted, you're tired but in a good way if that makes sense.
3: Hey, let me tell you this. The baby industry is one of the most lucrative industries of all time. Industry. If I am not a radio host, I am going to develop nothing but other gadgets and things to sell to people when it comes to the baby stuff. I mean, there's specific baby disposers. There's all the little huggies and the pampers. There's a million de- lotions and creams so their butts don't get shaped. I mean, Joey... It is an unreal racket. The only racket that is worse than the baby racket, and let me just quickly vent, because I was trying to build some baby things, okay? I was trying to build some baby things, and I went to go use my Makita. Now, I bought this Makita 10 years ago, and for some reason, I couldn't find the charger. So I went to Home Depot, and I said, this is like the the day after Christmas or whatever. I'm going to, like, assemble some baby things, and... To buy a new Charger was over $200. My men in the trades, electricians, plumbers, contractors, all you guys in the trades, it was cheaper to buy a brand-new set of two drills than it was to buy the Charger. The Charger! So I bought a brand-new Makita. Uh, Not a Makita. It's technically a Milwaukee. I I upgraded. But I am furious. You want to talk about a racket? Home Depot and the construction. You know, uh, I love Home Depot. But these people that build these drills. It is an unreal racket. Two brand new drills, an impact and a compact, or whatever the hell it's called, for 150 bucks. New battery charger,
1: $225. What?
3: You want to talk about a racket?
4: There Jesus. you go. Well, I mean, I, well, you're on fire today already, Boy, What are
5: Joe's hotter takes? Sports takes, baby takes, or drill takes? Like, I mean, come on.
3: It's a racket, gentlemen. <laughs> I mean, hot dogs get sold in an eight-pack, and buns get sold in a six-pack. The biggest racket out there, and my God, I'm so sorry. Uh, the, the people that work in the trades, I slept on this. The drills themselves are cheaper than the charger. What a joke!
4: Uh, hot take: Keep it away from the baby. Our right, baby's not crawling yet, but no drills near the baby. <laughs> you're gonna find out about all the different stuff you got to do to baby-proof the house, which I'm sure you're already starting to do. Got to cover up all the electrical outlets. You got to cover up everything. You got to make sure the dogs. Are... How how are the little doggies handling the baby? They got oh a new God. life form in there. How's that going?
3: Well, the older dog's a little rattled. I don't think he understands where he is in the pecking order. You know, he's uh, he's twelve years old. It's it's tough, but he's very protective. I mean, a squirrel goes running across the back fence, and he's barking like he's going to kill that squirrel right. on behalf of the family to, for the honor. The little dog is trying to endear herself. To him, by oh. licking every portion of his body. I mean, yep. cheeks, face, eye, crust. You name it. That's right. She wants in. She wants to lick everything. And the baby's just. I mean, he's just a pooping delight.
4: That's awesome. That's what I'm pooping saying. You and got, and all the different that. diapers, you got all the stuff, fun stuff that comes out of there. Oh man, I, I'm so happy for you, Joe. I know you and Michelle. Uh, this has been quite a journey for you guys. So I, when you when told me the uh, the news, I damn near cried, man, because uh, I know hey. how di- I know how difficult. Uh, it can be, I'm a, I'm a father of two, but I've, you know, I've had, uh, our shared struggles as well on that end. So, uh, so damn happy for you, man. And, uh, just cannot, I cannot wait to meet the little guy. We got a little gift for him. So whenever you're coming in, uh, just take your time, obviously, man. And, uh, Dan, just so happy for you.
3: Well, look, man, look, today's not the day, but I will share our journey one day, and I think it's appropriate because I'm sure there are a lot of people that have gone through just troubles and, and, and toughness, and it's very difficult because you can't control things that are out of your, out of your control. And uh, I'll just say this, man. God is good, and there are really good people on this world. I know everything is negative on the Internet, and everybody's hateful, and, and this is the new thing that we're going to rage on. But in reality, when you peel it back in the real world, there's a lot of really good souls out there, and my wife and I have had a lot of love to share, mm-hmm. and thank God, God has blessed us and knocked on our door, and uh, man, I can't be happier, bro. I'm going to try to be the best freaking dad I can possibly be. I'm going to make a million mistakes, and that's why pencils have erasers, Joe.
4: That's right. Hey, you know what? As long as you're trying and you're being present, that's all that, hey. That's all you can do. There's no. They're, they're, they try to make books for this stuff, Joe. Don't listen to that <laughs> crap. Don't listen to that. any of the very mommy cool. bloggers. I'm sure. I'm sure Michelle is going to lo- tell you about all the stories for of stuff. Maybe we should be doing this. Maybe we you're going to find your own path, and you guys are going to be just fine. All right. There's no. Right. There's no perfect manual to how to be a parent. Hell, my parents had ten kids. All ten of us are different, and there's a set of twins in there, so it's very different. Uh, with all these different kids and stuff like that, so you guys will be doing great. But I, oh, no, Joe, we got, I got to put the round know. up. I got, I got to put the round yep. on the table real quick, Joe. Huh? huh. Your boy Brock Purdy. I, I'm concerned. I mean that that performance huh. he had on Christmas, man. They, they're not protecting this guy. He's getting hurt. Like I did, I'm worried about his performance in Washington now. If he starts turning the ball over there, we got re- real concerns heading into the playoffs.
3: Look, there's
4: multiple things can be equal at
3: the same time, right? Ralph Barbieri, two things can be equally true. But the the reality is this. He played like dog crap. It's okay to say it. Like, Steph Curry has bad games. Did you watch last night? Him and Clay, they could hit the right side of a barn. Like, that happens. That doesn't mean that you hate that person. You want them removed. The sky is falling. The end is near. That was by far his worst game in the NFL. I charted it back, okay, me and the little guy. We were watching the footwork. We were watching the pocket presence, you know, and I was making astute points so that my son could be the next great Cosell. And the next thing I know, I go, dude, I charted eight, absolute eight miserable, horrific decisions at minimum from Brock Purdy, which is so out of the norm. I mean, guys, like, this happens. Guys do have bad games. I know we don't want to admit that. Guys do have bad games. I want to see him shake it off. I want to see what he does this week. Let's see him respond. I think he's earned the benefit of the doubt. The guy's played, like, 20 lights-out games, maybe two, two-and-a-half suspect games. That's a pretty good ratio. I mean, you, you continue on that trend, and you're going to be a pro bowler for, like, five of the next ten years. You know what I mean? I'll, I'll live with that. But, but the reality is this. The worst decision he made in that entire game. They got the ball back to start the second half. It was third down. He threw the ball right into a guy's face mask. And I said, oh, he's just, he's just rattled right now. He just doesn't have it. Inaccurate, not feeling him in the pocket. I thought he was looking down at the rush, not looking at where he was going to throw. And credit Baltimore. Baltimore kicked our butt in every single phase. That happens. The other team gets paid, too. Lamar Jackson was excellent. Now, when it comes to the MVP conversation and all that, if there is something to be said, and I don't know if today's the day, but down the line, what do you do when everyone's out? What do you do when you're in adverse situations? You know, I've always believed in that. You know, I, the, the real maker of a soul, Steph Curry, is great. Why? Because he elevated a putrid franchise. Why do people like Paolo Bancaro? Because Orlando has been irrelevant for like two decades, or ever since Richard Lewis left. What you do to an organization when it's all surrounded by muck really elevates you. When I look at Brock Purdy, he inherited a great situation, right? And he's made the most of that. He gets a lot of credit for that. But when things get down, do you show your true colors? That's what I want to see what he's like this week. I'm not going to lose my mind. It was a horrible performance. It doesn't mean that he's done. It doesn't mean they can't win the Super Bowl. They got bodied, and they need to bounce back. But there is something to be said for. Her. That's the first time I can remember. The Niners got physically beat up by another team in the Shanahan era when they were pretty fully healthy.
5: Yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it was very, very crazy to watch. Again, I, I think it was a bit of both things going on there. Brock just having a bad night, and he just happened to pick a, a very, very good defense to have a bad night against. I mean, you can tell, it seemed early on that the Ravens' pass rush absolutely had him rattled. And it's like we really hadn't seen him flustered like that in a game since maybe the Cleveland game. And and Shasky, we had Brian Baldinger on, and he kind of talked about how uh, you know the Ravens' defense, the Browns' defense, there's a lot of similarities there. I don't know yeah. how much of that Browns game you got last night, but it's looking like... One of those, you know, Browns or Ravens, they could very well be the the favorite in the AFC right now. Just on the defenses alone, well, let's... Uh, and then and Joe, if Joe Flacco's completely turned things around with with the Browns in terms of how we look at them offensively.
4: My guy, Joe Flacco. Yeah, J- I don't know. I, I do it honestly, but I do not want to
5: see
3: Joe Flacco in the freaking
5: Super Bowl. Well, that was going to be my next question. So if it comes down to it, Ravens or Browns, if there is one rematch you'd rather the Niners not have to deal with, which is it? Uh, Ravens. I'd rather not deal with the Ravens. That's the team. I mean, they're just a really
3: good team. And, and look, that wide receiver, uh, Zay Flowers, kicked their ass. I mean, you've got to call it what it is. Gus well, Edwards. also,
5: Shasky, they're, they're doing these swing passes to them all the time, and the Niners DBs are playing six yards off the line of scrimmage, and they're I doing know. these swing passes out of uh-huh. the backfield. I'm watching this game. It's like, what are we doing here? Like, can we play up on the line a little bit, maybe jam them there and try and at least get into the backfield I mean, a little bit sooner? Sam, have you ever seen Fred Warner look so
3: inept in the open field? I've never. He just fell to the ground. Oh, Lamar Jackson took a soul. I mean, you're talking about one of the greatest athletes in the league right now, in Fred Warner. Everyone would say, yeah, I'd take him one or two overall when it comes to linebackers. Like, if we were just having a fantasy draft. And Lamar Jackson put him on skates. I mean, Lamar Jackson was unbelievable. He deserves a ton of credit. Uh, And I didn't think he even had a great performance from the pocket if we're being 100% on it i mean he's just an unbelievable nope. player so unique so dynamic how stupid is it for all these teams that didn't want to trade two first round i know guys? i mean I, atlanta I atlanta, atlanta go to hell but real quick guys the reason why and i want to get real dorky for a second and i'm not going a gap b gap touchdown stand three, hard dorky six, hard press
4: man shout out to bully ball man
3: exactly big physical defensive lines really give the zone-blocking scheme fits. Outside of Trent Williams and Aaron Banks, the other guys are a little light for their position, and they, they want to get movement, and they want to be athletic. And I think sometimes when you just line up and go up against a big, thick, physical, dominant front, that's going to give the zone-blocking scheme fits. I think that's, that's a very schematic like, kind of like discussion point, but I do think that there's some relevance there. Philly, when they were really good last year, this year against Cleveland, this year against Cincinnati, this year against uh, the Baltimore Ravens, I think there's something there.
4: Well, I'm interested next week, too. I mean, I don't want to look past the Washington uh, Commanders here, but oh, Jacoby Brissett, Get out of here. I know. I know. Well, well, I, I oh, he will be me. getting out well, of there. I don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I'd rather see Sam Howell finish out the year. You know what Jacoby Brissett is. They're trying to like play for their job. Like Their jobs are done anyways. And by the way, Chiefs missed their guy, Eric Bieniemy. No one's talking about that. Um, but I'm looking to the Rams... Shasky and we had Baldy on earlier in the week. Told he, you guys. he thinks the Rams might be their the biggest Told test you. for the Niners and the scariest team that they could play. Stafford's hot. Nakua, Cup, Aaron Donald. Like I, I kind of don't Iron want Williams. no parts of them come come playoff time.
3: Well, and, and think about it. Raheem Morris has been an excellent DC. They're doing it with a bunch of guys nobody knows the name of. It's all fourth, fifth, six rounders, and and they're killing it right now on both sides of the ball. And let's call it what it is. Matt Stafford does have a ring. Look around the NFC landscape. Who's got a ring? Who's got a ring in the NFC where they've done it? They've won an NFC championship game. They've won a Super Bowl. He's done it. I mean, I, I know it, it, it's painful to say, Niner fans. He's done it. Who else? I missed that. Love and what?
4: No, I it's, it's a good point. I don't, I, no one else is in the NFC. I don't, I don't see No, you. I don't think there are any yeah. other NFC quarterbacks with a ring right now.
3: And that bastard McVay, I mean, every time you think that you're going to strive the stake through that dude's heart, he just, like, comes up like the undertaker. And the next thing you know, I told you guys about Kyron Williams. I mean, that guy's an absolute stud. These Notre Dame guys. I know you guys want to poop on Notre Dame at every single turn. Have you seen the kid Hamilton, the safety for Baltimore Ravens?
4: Have you seen Kyron Williams? I don't know. Those guys look pretty good in the league. Michael Mayer, tight end for the Raiders. Those Raiders, by the way, huge win on Christmas, uh, Joey. I cannot tell you how happy I was to watch Brittany Mahomes consoling Taylor Swift and vice versa, Travis Kelsey throwing the helmet. Like the Chiefs are in shambles right now in the AFC. It's pretty unbelievable.
3: You guys play video games, right? So when you're a 99 overall and you dip down to, like, an 89 overall, like, you're an all-time legend. I think we kind of have seen glimpses of this with Clay Thompson. I think it's harder for an all-time legend to slightly lose a step than it is a role player. I think the role player has already acquiesced his game to be able to fit, you know, his role, and as he starts to slow down and diminish, he can still find a way to stay in the league, like, The Vince Carter role where you go to, like, I'm a straight bench guy and I'm going to embrace it for seven, eight years at the end of my career, I think it's a lot harder than we give it credit for. Look at what Travis Kelsey is going through. He's lost a tiny little step. Still a great player. A tiny little step. He emotionally can't control it. He can't. He's having a very good. You can, it's not has nothing to do with Taylor Swift. I think it has to do. He's going through something very similar to what Clay Thompson is. Clay is a little more severe. Uh, I think that's pretty obvious. But like Travis Kelsey slightly loses a step, and the guy's psyche is out the window. I mean, just look at it. Watch the games.
5: So, I have definitely something to keep an eye on there. So, Chassis, something we've been talking about on the show this morning is um, obviously you know what teams had successful 2023s, uh, but we're also kind of looking forward to 2024 in terms of what each team in the Bay Area could do to make 2024 yeah, a successful yeah. year. Obviously, for the Niners, it's got to be a Super Bowl, is there anything else the Niners could do in twenty twenty four, shy winning a Super Bowl, that would make this next year feel like it was a success? And then same for the Warriors, and and, and I guess we got to bring them up, the Giants. What does a successful twenty twenty four look like for for each of our Bay Area teams?
3: Well, I a mean, lot. I mean, the Niners have put themselves in a position where it's it's championship or bust, right? And and that's that's amazing. It's a great spot to be in, and and they would tell you they want to be held to that standard, and that's why. I really love Kyle and and John Lynch and and what Jed York has built. I mean, the guy gets tons of credit. And it's a tough position to be in because there's only one team at the end of the year that can be happy. And it's a great spot. It's a great spot. Let's go to the Warriors. I mean, guys, love the Warriors. There's a logjam of third and fourth options. They need a number two. This is so obvious. They need a number two or a number one. Like I love Steph Curry. Steph needs a 1A or a 1B or somebody to play off of him. The way LeBron has Anthony Davis. The way all these guys are pairing up with other dudes they have a bunch of three and fours and then you wonder why on a night when a bunch of three and fours aren't hitting simultaneously it looks ugly because threes and fours aren't consistent andrew wiggins is not going to bring it every night coming is not going to bring it every night clay can't bring it every night they can give it to you two out of three nights one out of three nights they can't bring it every night so i think the warriors for them to be successful a trade has to happen. They just have to break this thing up in some way. I don't know what that looks like, but they need to be willing to accept their reality. Self-awareness is the most important trait in life and in sports, and right now they're delusional. This is not a championship team. You're forcing the issue. You're losing days by the minute. The sand is coming out of the hourglass. The embers of a dynasty is burning out. Make a trade. I look at the Giants. Far-hand you're why, why do I look at the Giants? I love, I love the center fielder that they got. Now, they might have overpaid for him. I love it. I don't love their front office. I don't love how everyone is making excuses for them left and right. Do not pay Cody Bellinger or Matt Chapman. Dan pat and make a damn trade. Grow a pair, put them on the table, and make a trade, for Han. Like, do it. And the other thing that I want to say when it comes to the Giants, like, build your team the right way. Defense, youth. And pitching, do those things. You'll be fine. Don't overpay for Blake Snell. You know the $200 million contracts never work for five-and-die pitchers. I know he's a two-time Cy Young Award winner. Do not get him. The Giants just need to make a trade. There are guys out there under team control that you can go get. There have been five great trades in the last two years, and you've been a part of none of them. Francisco Lindor, Matt Olson, go around the league and look. The Giants have the ammunition. Make a damn trade.
5: No, I, I agree with you a lot there, especially on the trade front. Because, yeah, I just, you look at, I mean, obviously, you're, you're hearing reports. They're apparently having back and forth with Matt Chapman. That feels like that signing is inevitable, though. I think the only thing worse than signing Matt Chapman would be somehow finding a way to finish second for Matt Chapman. But I'm with you, Shasky. I'm not that sold on Blake Snell. He's had two really good seasons, those were Cy Young seasons. Outside of that, he's been okay at best, good sometimes. If he's your number three starter next year, I think I'm feeling good there. If the Giants are making a trade, though, again, you've mentioned Pete Alonzo. Corbin Burns at the top of my trade list right now if I'm the Giants in terms of trying to upgrade the pitching depth behind Logan Webb.
3: I would love Corbin Burns, but here's the deal: this is the difference between Corbin Burns and Blake Snell. I don't need to give Corbin Burns 200 million. Like he's in the final year of a 10 million dollar deal. I think he's got arbitration this year. Like that's totally reasonable, and I would trade for him, and then I would try to work out a two or three year extension. You don't need to give. You wouldn't give Kevin Gosman 115, but you'll give Blake Snell 200. It makes no sense. Like, what do we? You know, what are we, smoking crack rock? What are we doing here? I mean, seriously. And, and, and there is no more fragile position in baseball, as evidenced by Tim Lincecum, Matt Kane, Barry Zito, whether it's psychologically or physically, than pitchers. Like, just go in the 20 years that we've been giving out mega deals. One contract has worked out for a pitcher, Max Scherzer. Name another one. Name, I, will, I will wait. Name another one You'll I mean, be waiting
4: Ga- for a long time Garrett Cole's actually Been pretty well He just won a Cy Young I understand the Yankees expectation. love Garrett Cole has been Really good for that team He got but
3: 320 million he did. dollars he did They haven't won A playoff series
4: I mean it's not his fault That's just the Yankees Paying him that much But I, but I hear you um, Real I quick I Garrett
3: Cole I, I like him That's Real actually, quick
4: you know I, I know I'm we're up against you on that. Yeah no I, I, We're up against it uh, What did you make Of Jonathan Kaminga's Comments uh, To Marcus Thompson the second In The Athletic Basically saying You know what I don't know what my role is. It's hard for me and stuff like that. It feels like we've just been having this conversation in regards to Kaminga for so long now. And you saw him and Wiggins on the court together. They're just all-time low. When those two are on the court together, together, it's just bad basketball. It feels like one of those guys are going to have to be moved come the trade deadline.
3: Has any guy turned back into a pumpkin more than Andrew Wiggins? My God. It's like... This is the ultimate, the glass slipper has turned back into a pumpkin. The guy just looks so disinterested. And this is so obvious. Yeah, a young 21-year-old ascending player getting only 25 minutes a game thinks that his role should be bigger. I, I, I can say that for so many different players around the league. Like, have you raised a child? Joe, you're raising a child. At one point, your 11-year-old, 12-year-old, 13-year-old will only be playing two or three quarters. And like, yeah, I should be playing all four. That's what young players think. And I want that confidence in them. I blame roster construction for the redundancy of players that you have on the floor right now. Mm-hmm. Look at this team. Who Who's their second best
5: player?
4: Uh, he's suspended right now.
5: I, that might be yeah, that might it. <laughs> if he's your second best player, you're not winning a championship. You're in trouble. Um, Shaz, before we get out of here, though, I uh, I got a two-parter here. Uh, you mentioned little baby LJ. I assume, what's what's the full name there? Is that short for something? Yeah, Leonardo Jamie.
4: Oh, we got a Paisan in the house. Let's go. I knew yeah. Spadoni
5: would love that. Shout out, the blue yeah. Ninja Turtle. The most important uh, question I feel like we can ask you today, what will be little LJ's first jersey? Do you go with the the hot hand in Brock Purdy? Do you go with the eat with the with a safe choice in a Stephen Curry? Do you go in in the legend category with a Barry Bonds we or John Hancock? Do, do we back? do we go personalized yeah. jersey here? Thank, thank do we what's what's the what's the <laughs> plan with his first jersey? Well, you have to know players come and go.
3: Family ties to these teams are for life, bro. For life, like NWO for life. And it's going to be probably a Shafty jersey. We're going to probably do that. And then I actually, we got a couple of, uh, you know, like I wear a shirt, my wife wears a shirt, and the baby wears a shirt. People have given us a lot of those kinds of like, you know. Uh, the matching outfits. outfits. Yeah, they're pretty cute. I got to say, I'm not one of these, oh, that's adorable. Oh, that's cute. These little baby outfits. My God, this kid has gone through more laundry in a, in a couple of weeks than anyone I've ever met it's in my unreal. life. It's unreal. Oh, my God. The amount of diapers and the amount of clothes... I mean, the water bill is through the roof. The electrical bill is through the roof. This kid's already eat me out of house and home. It's unbelievable. And I swear to God, if my wife orders another trinket from Amazon to make this baby's life slightly better, I'm going to lose my man. I said to her 10 times, man has raised baby in cave for 5,000 years. We don't need more
4: crap coming to this house. Oh, that's just, just you wait, buddy, because you got Christmas here and you have more Christmas. The Amazon boxes will not be stopping. You're going to be coming in the, uh, every single day. You're going to get back from work. What the hell is this on my doorstep? I swear to God happens all the time. Oh, we needed this. No, we don't. We don't need more stuff. I'm trying to constantly get rid of stuff. It only gets worse with two of them. The laundry bills is going to be through the roof. Just wait until you have all the blowouts happening. It's just it, it's we're up against it, Joe. But thank you so much for calling in, man, and, and telling everyone that you're the new daddy. We're so damn happy for you, dude. Uh, Lubman, I, uh, Bonte, all of us are so damn happy. Whenever you come back, hey, take all the time you need, man. Uh, we're here for you, here for Michelle, and uh, can't and, wait to meet the little guy.
3: Okay, team of the year in 2023 was 95-7 the game, and that's the honest-to-God truth. We had a banner year. And it starts with the boss, the CEO, if you will, and Matt Nahigian. And I guarantee we're going to roll that back into 2024. I can't wait to come in and kick the ever-living crap out of every freaking team and hold them accountable and praise them when they win and rip them to shreds when they lose for whatever the reason being and have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. And it's because you, the audience, who have been sending me nothing but messages while I've been out wondering why I'm out. You guys truly care about us, and you've created a community. And... I mean it from the bottom of my heart on behalf of Bonte and everybody at 95.7 The Game, we love you. And without your guys' passion, there is no station. So the best team out there is our freaking audience. You guys are the freaking best. Thank you for the wishes. Thank you for the messages. Love you guys. And uh, Ludman Bugatti. Hold it down for me. I'll see you next week.
4: All right, man. That's Joe Shasky right here, and uh, we're going to take a quick break. On the other side, Rob Stats guerrera to preview the 49ers v. Commanders right here on 95.7 The Game, brought to you by Fremont Bank, full-service banking, no compromises.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
6: Disgusting to watch. Thanks. Now, back to the morning roast with
4: Fonte and Shasky. It was disgusting to watch that performance last night from the Warriors. 114 to 102 loss against the I want to say depleted, but they were missing their two best players in Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler. Jaime Jaquez Jr. Tyler Hero, amongst others, getting the job done. As the Warriors lose back-to-back to to the Western Conference and NBA champion Denver Nuggets. And now the Eastern Conference champion Miami Heat. We just had Joe Shasky on is joining us. Uh, Spadoni is in for Bonte, Lubman in for Shasky here on the Morning Roast. On this uh, Friday before the New Year, 888-957-9570, the number to get involved. If you missed any of that conversation with Joe Shasky, new dad, new Papa Shasky. There is Papa Shasky, senior, now Papa Shasky Junior. So,
5: grandpapa Shasky. There
4: you go. That is exactly what we do. So, so damn happy for Joe Shasky and uh, Michelle Shasky, new parents, LJ, uh, Leonardo Joseph. Leonardo. The. The coolest Ninja Turtle, I think most would say Raphael was always my favorite, the red one, because he was the grumpy one. He was always kind of solo dolo. I always liked Raphael. Everyone loves Michelangelo. I mean, this is the cool one, yeah. Donatello. I always eh. like
5: Donatello. Yeah, he's the nerd. Yeah, he no, that's nerd. why He had the bow staff. That was kind of cool, I guess. No, no, he did have the bow staff. Uh, that's kind of why I like.
4: Ninja Turtle is very popular now. I don't know if you watched, seen the most recent movie. Very cool. Seth Rogen did it. Amongst uh, uh, a lot of Ice any new Cube's the it's... main it's... villain. No, no, it's really good. I oh, really? It. Okay. It's the same. It's similar style to uh, Into the Spider Verse, like with the illustration. Oh, really? Okay. So it's really cool. Um, obviously, if you have kids, like it's, it's super popular right now. It was the year of Mario. We're talking about the year that was. For kids, it was the year of Mario, year of Ninja Turtles. Like those were the two that made a comeback. The Finally, the games are back, baby.
5: Finally, did get around to seeing uh, Super Mario Brothers over the weekend. Really good, really good. It was. It was actually pretty solid, though. I wasn't really thrilled with. I don't know. Spoiler. I wasn't really thrilled with the Bowser wanting to marry Peach storyline.
4: Oh, but Jack Black was so good. No, he and was great as Peach's, it. Peaches, um, that's such a banger. Maybe we I lo- come back with Peaches. Can we do that the next. <laughs> I'll the next see break? if I can
5: pull that. Yeah, um, you know, I uh, I love the little you know the little bit of a Mario Kart reference in there, which yeah, I was always a big yeah, Mario Rainbow Kart Road guy. There you go. Oh yeah, no, big. I was always a big Rainbow Road guy too.
4: Huge. I'd scrape. Who's, who's your guy? Who's your Go to character.
5: Oh, I was a big. I did a Toadette. That was Toadette, my okay. Toadette. Okay. Well, the standard not even,
4: cart. I was yeah, OG. I was always Bowser.
5: Oh, Bowser too on yeah. the OG. Yeah, yeah, but then yeah, once he got More to like Mario. Yeah. Uh, but no. Uh, GameCube. Uh, and. Uh, Double it was double dash there. Then a Mario Kart Wii. Once I started playing Mario Kart Wii, I couldn't play all the in the the old Mario Karts. because uh, once you start turning the the, the wheel of the controller, then you go and play like on the GameCube or on the N sixty four. You start trying to turn the controller instead yeah. of the joystick. But Mario Kart Wii, man, that was that was the elite Mario Kart game. I will any any day of the week, I will take anybody down that one.
4: Speaking of elite, that's the Forty Nine ers right now. They were the elite team in the NFL. A little bit humbled, maybe a slice of humble pie on Christmas against the Baltimore Ravens. We'll talk to Rob. Stats on fire. Guerrera coming up here in about, oh, eight minutes or so. And uh, Rob, obviously, the Gold Standard Network. And uh, you can listen to him every Sunday morning right here on 95.7 The Game at 8 a.m., Previewing the 49ers and looking around the NFL uh, as well. So, Rob Guerrero coming up here in about eight minutes. Talk to him about this game. And what are we looking for in Brock Purdy? I just don't want to see any turnovers. That's it. Protect the guy, run the damn ball. Early time, East Coast. You got a desperate team, desperate because they got nothing to lose. And uh, Jacoby Brissett getting the start over Sam Howell. You're 12 and a half point favorites. Don't do anything stupid. I don't want more people getting hurt. You uh, you heard the injury report, Debo Samuel with a neck sprain. I mean, I can we just, can we keep him out this week? I don't want to I don't want to risk any further injuries to anyone else here. Uh, Jair Brown's hurt too, so like this this is getting messy here. Are we going to start bringing safeties back in? Jason Verrett, Logan uh, Ryan, is he going to be a like uh, all hands on deck? I think Kyle Shanahan joked John Lynch might be available for uh, the secondary there. Was he fifty years old? John Lynch, God bless him, Hall of Famer as well. Speaking of the Hall of Fame. Uh, we didn't even bury the lead. Patrick Willis being one of the finalists for the Hall of Fame oh, nice. this year. So it's good. I think he's going to get in this year. I was looking at the list. I think he gets in. Zach Thomas getting in because he played before him, obviously. Another Miami legend. Uh, Miami Dolphin, that is. Uh, Zach Thomas getting in, I think, uh, paves the way for Patrick Willis this year. And then, there you go. And then I think... Uh, that would pave the way for Luke Keekley whenever he becomes available down the line as well. But Patrick Willis, I think it's time for him to get to see. Julius Peppers is in there as well. Julius Peppers, by the way, probably one of the most underrated defensive ends in NFL history. I mean, how can you be a Hall of Famer and underrated? I think just look at Julius Peppers' career. Guy was just an elite player. Elite basketball player, too, for a North Carolina, That's i right, I forget that, yeah. Tower Heel. You don't know, so, think about that uh, with these guys like that. No, no, no. So, uh, and you think of Tony Gonzalez, right? Think of a lot of these tight ends, defensive ends, these long guys. You think of Max Crosby, Miles Garrett, these long wingspans. Guys that could do it on both uh, both ends. So, uh, Hall of Fame coming up. And the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony is at the week before the Super Bowl. And the 49ers going to be there. That's the question. I think they're st- uh, still the team to beat in the NFC. Um, but in the AFC, man... You AFC, look, did you, you watch any the... of that Browns game last night? I did. I watched the first half. Joe Flacco has somehow—he's—he's turned insane. back the clock. It's insane. He's 36, 36, 37 years old. I think he's he's 38. looking like prime Joe Flacco. He's old. I think he's like thirty-eight.
5: Yeah. See, after the game, he's like seeing Green as all his, all his uh, old teammates. There he is. There he is. He's going to be thirty-nine he's... in January sixteenth. Oh, man, old man. Old, but he doesn't look it. That's the no. Thing. He doesn't. He's—he is playing like it's twenty thirteen Joe Flacco. And you know, think about you. Know, I asked Shaskio, who would you rather see in the Super Bowl again? Ravens or the Browns, he said he doesn't want to see the Ravens. I, I kind of that. agree with that, but like I was trying to think back to that Browns game and just like because we were, we had Baldy on on Tuesday on uh, on Wednesday, he kind of talked about how you know obviously Kyle Shanahan will have a different game plan going into a, a potential Super Bowl rematch with either one of those two teams, uh, and I do think. In a sense, you could say the fact that the Niners lost to the Browns and the Ravens in the regular season might be a good thing when they get to the Super Bowl because it's easier to kind of learn from your mistakes where it's we fear the Ravens or the Browns. It's almost like, well, what do we do that last time that worked, and can we repeat it? So I feel like it's kind of easier to adjust after a loss than to readjust after a win in that sense, if that makes sense. Um, like, I'm looking back on that Browns game, I'm trying to think, like, what cost the Niners in that game? And it was, you know, Jake Moody missing kicks, and you had some really, you know, not well-timed penalties. Uh, is that there's such thing as a well-timed penalty? You had some really costly penalties uh, on that final drive in the fourth quarter. On the, uh, the Niners' defense, did that uh, set up the rave the the, the Browns' go-ahead field goal? There's also some questionable clock management there as well. Basically, the when you look at why the Niners lost, to the Browns, oh, there Kyle was, Shanahan and questionable clock. clock I know. Management. Weird. Weird. Where, 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 where have you ever seen that before? Um, I don't have the clock, clock, clock drop in front of me right now. It's all right. Um John McDaniel. So, uh, there we go. Anyway, um... But I feel like those were mistakes that's more like... Those were mistakes that the Niners made on their end. Like, the issues were more just shortcomings on the Niners' end versus anything they were trying to do just... Uh, strategically or schematically. I don't know if that makes you feel a better about a potential rematch between the Niners and the Browns versus the Niners and the Ravens, whereas just the Ravens, they just they just got all up in the Niners' grill and just had them flustered all night long in a way that I just, didn't really see as much from the Browns.
4: Uh, you mentioned it, having a different game plan, when and if they make the Super Bowl. That's a long way till then. Um, but I think we're all in an agreement that the 49ers still the favorites to win the Super Bowl. Uh, If you're just going to Vegas, maybe not. Some of you might have the AFC there. Uh, I still think the 49ers should be the favorites to win it and definitely be the representative out of the NFC. But here's Brian Baldinger who joined us earlier in the week talking about Shanahan having a different game plan next go-around against Baltimore.
1: When you get beat like you did and it's Christmas night at home, you know, you have to learn from it. I would imagine Kyle would have a very different game plan if he saw the Ravens again. In a Super Bowl he'd have two weeks to get ready if they get that far if the Ravens get that far and there is a rematch or if Cleveland just keeps winning with Joe Flacco I mean you'd have weeks to get ready you'd be able to learn from it Brock would be able to learn from it I think they would do things differently like honestly all the motions and shifts that bother teams don't bother the Raven they're his own team they don't react to any of it. All they do is just spread themselves out, depending if you're in a three by one or whatever you're in. But they don't. It really doesn't change what they do. So I, I think you know you might see maybe them go play faster without the motions and shifts. Like that would be something to see and to see how Baltimore re- responds. So I think they would run it more because the teams that have played the Ravens tough have run the ball pretty good against him.
4: And I expect that to be the case this week as we have Rob Guerrera joining us in a couple minutes to talk about this Niners game against the Washington Commander, Sam. I think the big focal point will be CMC. You're going to see a lot of Christian McCaffrey, early star on the East Coast, set up that run, take a little pressure off of your quarterback who had a struggling performance last week. You know, make Christian McCaffrey the dude. And let's, hey, tell you this, if Christian McCaffrey has a huge week this week, does, Does goes goes off. Take
5: over the NBA? Especially he if might. Lamar has a bad. If Lamar game has a bad the, game. Or the or, Dolphins.
4: He might have. A, Lamar can have a good game, and they just lose to the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. And then McCaffrey has a huge one, and they get the win. All of a sudden, you're looking at Christian McCaffrey now potentially being the leader in the clubhouse for the MVP. So this is a massive game for that as well. Yeah. So
5: before we've we got two games left before they get to the playoffs here, and obviously the Niners they are going to be going there. It's just a matter of what seed they're going to get. They are going to host a playoff game. It's just matters a matter of which weekend they will host the first playoff game. What's something that you want to see from the Niners before the playoffs starts? Before the playoffs start, that'll make you feel like you know what they're they're in a good spot
4: right now. That final game against the Rams is going to tell me a lot, where they are, because that I feel like that could be one or two things, right, for Kyle Shanahan and for Sean McVay. It could be a slugfest, or it's a Niners blowout. I don't see the Rams blowing them out, so that's what I'm looking at here. I guess there is a scenario, though, that they can rest their players next week if the huge upsets happen, right? And this wouldn't be a huge upset. I see who the Rams have this week. The Rams have the Cardinals. So that's probably not going to happen. And Kyler Murray, I guess, has been sick this week or something like that. Stuff has been going around. I was sick. You were sick. This thing that's not COVID, but it's it's just knocking everyone on their asses. Josh Jacobs is sick. it's just a cold. It's yeah. just a big head cold and stuff like that. Sinuses. What have you. So that's probably not going to happen. The Cowboys are favored against the Lions this week. So that wouldn't be a huge upset, obviously, there. So there is a chance, though, if the Cardinals go in and upset Philadelphia. The Niners can win this week, and then they're just chilling next week. So,
5: yeah, need the Giants to come through against the Rams, too. But we'll see. For me, it's. I need to see a cut down on on stupid penalties, uh, Spadoni. They they had a lot of them on Monday night, but they're uh, tenth most penalties for the eighth most yards this year, and it's just some costly penalties. Ones that you know will you know either erase a first down uh, on offense, or ones that will you know you're on a third down, you get a penalty. You know there was uh, mid- middle of the first quarter. You know uh, Deshaun Gibson has that pass interference on Isaiah Likely turns a first turns what would have been a fourth down. You're getting off the field into a first down. Ravens continue. You want to end up kicking a field goal on that drive. It's just it's it's plays like that. Um, I think it was uh, Traverius Ward had the uh, the, uh, the the poorly timed pass interference against the Browns on that final drive back in Cleveland. That, that was an iffy one, but yeah, it was it, again. It's it set up. He had two penalties on that drive. He plays I think.
4: on that that edge though, and Baldy's yeah. talked about this. He's a very physical, if not the, one of the most physical corners in the league. And you know sometimes you get burned that way. Like you have to play on this fine line, and, and I think Cleveland. They do it at an elite, elite level. Denzel Ward, uh, Newsome, amongst others. They play on this fine edge of being uh, just physical enough where they get away with it. But when it's not going your way, the penalties start coming up. They start coming through. And, uh, you know, things can start unraveling there as it did for the 49ers. We're going to be joined by Rob Guerrera here in a second. Uh, Obviously, of the Gold Standard Network, you can hear him every Sunday morning again right here on 95.7 The Game at 8.00. A.M. So can't wait to talk to Rob about this game coming up. 888-957-9570, the number. And we're talking about, you know, the NFC, who are you worried about? Who are you not worried about? The, the commanders, Yeah, I feel like a lot of us are looking ahead into that Rams game and it's being massive. I saw Dan Orlovsky of uh, ESPN, obviously former NFL quarterback. Um, and Dan's fine. He has some takes here and there where I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Him, His one about Mac Jones having the success with uh, Brock Purdy, if he was in the same position uh, this year, was kind of like, what the hell are you talking about? But Dan, for the most part, I appreciate uh, his analysis. And he thinks, you know, the Rams are the biggest... You know, obstacle for the 49ers in the NFC. And we'll ask Rob here in a second, but here's what Brian Baldinger had to say in regards to that.
1: The way are I don't think anybody wants to see the Rams right now, the way they're playing. And the way, you know, when Kyron Williams is running the way he is, he's a factor. He's a real factor. He's a heck of a football player. And all the stats say that when he's in the lineup and getting 15 or more carries, he's their McCaffrey. Um, he's excellent. He's excellent in every phase of the game, he's really good back. But the way Stafford's throwing it right now, whether it's Nakua, whether it's Cup, Atwell, Demarcus Robinson, he makes throws that really nobody else in this league is making right now. He makes these spot throws on these choice routes. It's almost impossible to defend. And then defensively, like those rookies aren't rookies anymore. Byron Young and Kobe Turner and some of these guys, like they're playing at a high level. I mean, it might be a shootout with the Rams. I think they could be really tough.
4: From Brian Baldinger to Rob. Stats Guerrera, and you can catch him on the Gold Standard Network this Sunday morning, right here on 95.7 The Game, and every Sunday at 8 a.m. for the rest of the season. Rob, good morning to you. Merry Christmas. Happy early New Year to you. Uh, Wasn't a very Merry Christmas to a lot of Niner fans, though. A lot of lump of coal in Bay Area. First, you got the Warriors taking the loss. Then you got the Niners at night getting physically beaten by the Baltimore Ravens. That's what I want to talk about first. We'll get to Brock in a second, but I don't think I've seen the Niners get physically manhandled in all phases of the game like they did this past Monday. That was the big eye-opening part for me, a team with that much physicality coming in and kicking the Niners teeth Yeah,
7: it was a beatdown. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Even on the good plays, if you go back and look at the film, there are a lot of plays where linemen are getting shoved back into Brock Purdy, and he's able to slide around and buy time and make plays. But even on the, the big chunk plays that the Niners had, they were physically dominated in a way that they haven't been in a long time.
4: And, and you just brought him up, Brock Purdy. You know the, the offensive line there wasn't the best. A lot of injuries to that line, and that's something to watch going forward, heading into the playoffs. That is something you do not want, is an injured and decimated offensive line heading into the most important stretch of the season. Um, Brock Purdy's performance. Your thoughts. There's been a lot of been made about it. This is probably his worst start in the NFL thus far. It's against a very good team, the best team in the AFC. Uh, are we making too much of all those interceptions, the four picks? Are we calling him fluky? Are we not calling him fluky? I just thought he had a bad game at the end of the day, right?
7: Horrible game. You know, remember a long time ago when we thought maybe Trey Lance was going to be a thing. What do we always talk about, right? All the national insiders were saying, The Niners didn't want to have to wait through growing pains with Trey Lance. Well, guess what? Brock Purdy just turned 24 last week. We're going through growing pains with him, too, and I think that's exactly what we saw on Monday night. And if you listen to Brock this week, his press conference yesterday, I thought was incredibly revealing. He talked about basically how he got caught up in the emotions on the first drive and tried to jam it in there because he was all pumped up because they had hit some big plays. And really, he knew he shouldn't have thrown it, but he got, he got caught up in the emotions of the game. And then he also talked about afterwards trying to make a big play to make up for it, to get back into the game, to come back when he didn't really stay within the offense. To me, those are young quarterback mistakes. And as good as Brock has been, I think we forget sometimes he still needs to go through some of those things. And unfortunately, he did on Monday. So it seems like... Yeah, again,
5: before last week, Brock Purdy, he was really on top of the MVP rankings there. Everyone had him as the betting favorite. He's been knocked down to third, fourth now in, in, in some odds rankings there. Is it really just, just one bad game? Is that really enough to just kind of tank his MVP case?
7: Yes, because nobody wanted him there in the first place. They didn't want to give Brock Purdy the MVP, but they couldn't deny it because he was, uh, well, it was the first or second in the league in touchdowns, first or second in the league in passing yards and the Niners had a really good record. And so they were like, well, I guess we have to put him here, even though nobody really wanted him there. Now that he's had that four-interception game, they have the perfect excuse to say, oh, he can't possibly be the most valuable player because no MVP has ever had a bad game, right? So they've kicked him down the list and you will not hear Brock Purdy for MVP regardless of what he does the rest of the season.
4: So what are you looking for for Brock in this bounce back upcoming because it feels like this is a prime, you know, example of a team that, you know, got humbled a little bit on Christmas in front of a, a huge national audience. We all we talked about the ratings earlier, the NFL just dominating the audience uh, in comparison to the NBA as far as the ratings go. Um so you're going to take on the Washington Commanders. Sam Howell's getting benched for Jacoby Brissett. Looks like they're just just playing for a while. I don't even know what they're playing for at this point. I mean, I'd rather see Sam Howell, if I'm a Washington fan, see what you got left there. You know what Jacoby Brissett is. I mean, Ron Rivera, he's probably going to be gone. Eric Bieniemy, I don't know what's going on there. So what are you looking for for Brock this week and bouncing back? For me, Rob, just don't turn the ball over, right? Uh, that, that's basically it.
7: The Commanders' defense stinks, okay? They've given up the most passing yards in the league. They've given up 30 touchdowns. They're on pace to give up the fourth most points ever in a season in NFL history. This is the perfect get right game for Brock Purdy. All he has to do is not turn the ball over, and there are going to be plays left, right, and center for Brock Purdy. So I think that's the first thing. If you do nothing else, at least protect the ball, and the Niners are going to win. But if you want to see more than that, There should be big plays because the commanders have given up, I think it's 50 explosive plays this season. Like their defense is hot garbage. This is exactly who you want to see this week. What I want to see from Brock is does he still have that aggressive mindset or is he still is he too worried about not turning it over and is he passing up open plays and big plays? Because we know they'll be there. There's going to be coverage busts. There'll be open guys. Is he going to keep that aggressive mindset? I think he will. But that's definitely one thing I'll be watching.
5: Um, so move from, from one, oh, I guess he's no longer MVP candidate now as we established, but moving from one MVP guy to the other, Christian McCaffrey, does he have a chance with a big game this weekend, depending on what Lamar does? Could McCaffrey possibly vault himself over Lamar Jackson in the MVP race with, uh, with a good showing on Sunday? I think he can,
7: believe it or not, because there, I think there is a sentiment out there that we give too many MVPs to quarterbacks, and we should give it to other players, and narrative is part of the MVP factor. It's part of the MVP conversation. It's a big-time factor, and no quarterback has really risen up. Christian McCaffrey and Lamar Jackson have basically the same amount of touchdowns this year, which is a compliment to Christian McCaffrey and, you know, That's kind insane. of a knock on Lamar Jackson. That is, it's ridiculous. So I think Christian, actually, with a couple of big weeks the last two weeks of the year, could get in that MVP conversation, especially if the Niners win on Sunday and beat the Rams in Week 18 and capture that number 1 seed in the NFC. And we're looking at Christian McCaffrey with maybe 25 touchdowns on the season. I think he has a great shot to win it. Yeah, speaking of
5: those Rams, uh, are they currently the team in the NFC you just don't want to see the Niners face off against in the playoffs?
7: I think so. Um, you're talking about a division opponent. You're talking about a team that, yes, I know the Niners have had success against them in the regular season, but we've also, we all remember 2021 in the NFC championship game. It's not like the Rams can't beat the 49ers. And Matthew Stafford is playing at a hall of fame level right now. He is dicing people up. They have a legit offense with Stafford and Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup there. Sean McVay didn't forget how to coach. I know we like to think he did because we didn't expect the Rams to be good. He's still really, really good. I do not want to face the Rams. I'm upset that this last week 18 game is probably going to mean something for both sides because I was kind of hoping it wouldn't, but that's that's the situation we're in now.
4: We're talking to Rob Stats Carrera. Catch him on the Gold Standard Network this Sunday morning at 8 a.m. right here on 957 the game and every Sunday at 8 a.m. for the rest of the season. And Rob, uh from the offense to the defense here and the defensive tackle depth right now, um armstead injury very concerning. Uh, Hargrave stepping in you know he's been playing pretty well this year but the noticeable absence of Eric Armstead on the defensive line it felt like I was waiting for Chase Young I was waiting you know for Nick Bosa to have a huge imprint on this game and the biggest play I think defensively was from the referee you know tripping <laughs> Lamar in the end zone There, still one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen um, but what's your concern level right now with the uh, D tackle depth for the 49ers?
7: It's concerning. Cluster injuries are very concerning no matter what part of the team you're talking about. Even areas where you think we're deep, so all of a sudden you get three or four injuries there, you're in trouble. Sebastian Joseph Day, please come and save us because we need that help. You have seen the, the impact on the pass rush without Eric Armstead there. Even though he doesn't fill up the stat book, I think he opens things and makes things easier for other people. And him not being there has had an effect. And this should be a game. Where Bosa and Chase Young eat, the Commanders have given up 60 sacks this season. If you can't eat against this team, you can't eat against anybody. And I think Chase Young, in particular, is going to be fired up to face his old team.
5: Uh, Rob, want a quick little special teams question here? Ronnie Bell just—it seems like unless the ball is being yes. thrown to him by Sam Darnold, just can't seem to hold on to it. At what point do you just <laughs> got to pull the plug on that one?
7: Now. Before now. They should have pulled it last week. He's fumbled three times in three games filling in for Ray-Ray McLeod. I can't have that. Turnovers are the only thing that can derail this team. I would rather Kyle Shanahan put nobody back to return the punt than Ronnie Bell. At least you know no, you're not going to fumble it if nobody is back there. Now they're talking about Kyle Juszczyk or Brandon Ayuk or even Christian McCaffrey. I don't think we want to see 23 back there. He doesn't need any additional work, please. But they've got to get that fixed. Even if you just fair catch it, whatever it is, You cannot have a guy back there that can't hold on to the football because that's the only thing that stops the Niners.
4: Absolutely. And they got Debo Samuel. I know people like seeing Debo back there. I was like, I don't need Debo taking more wear and tear. He's already the most physical player in the league. You saw that hit that he absorbed against Marlon Humphrey. It was amazing. He just didn't even skip his uh, stride. (laughs) It was unreal. Um, But I don't need Debo taking more punishment. Now he's got like a a neck sprain. Like, I don't need any more of that. Uh, One more before we get you out of here, Robin. We appreciate your time. Um, talking about Brock Purdy, the big conversation heading into the game was system quarterback. Um, and, and there was this big thing with Cam Newton. And I'm sure you saw Debo going back and forth on the Up and Adams podcast. Mm-hmm. This whole thing. How do you define a system quarterback, and, and does Brock Purdy fit that mold? Because uh, for me, I think of a guy like an Alex Smith in Kansas City. You know, being with Andy Reid and stuff like that. You know. Going uh, stride for stride, what he wanted, but he doesn't take your team over the top. I've seen enough from Brock to know that he does more than what just a game manager does. But here's Cam Newton, former MVP. I know he had the physical skill set, so maybe he's trying to gas himself up in comparison to Brock Purdy. What did you make of that, and how do you define a system quarterback?
7: I define a system quarterback as a guy that is only capable of making plays within the structure of the offense. He's only capable of getting the plays that are there laid out by the coach he's not capable of extending plays he's not capable of maybe fitting a ball in somewhere that isn't the first read but is open if you make a really good throw a system quarterback is just the guy that will take what's there but nothing more and what we've seen from Brock is he's not that guy he's not just a system quarterback he does extra he extends plays he scrambles for first down He takes doubles over singles. Kyle Shanahan even talked about sometimes he makes plays that aren't really there, but he's able to put the ball in a good spot. Brock is more than a system quarterback. And I'll just point out, by the way, this quote-unquote system quarterback is going to set the 49ers single-season record for passing yards, and he might do it this week if he gets 229. So you can say system quarterback whatever you want, but he's going to throw for more yards than any 49ers quarterback has ever thrown for in a single season. Sign me up for that, please. Uh,
5: Rob, one more for get you out of here. Um, I don't catch any of the uh, the Browns Jets game last night.
7: I did see Joe Flacco giving me flashback vibes to 2012. Yeah, yeah. So
5: it's looking very likely right now. Obviously, the Ravens look like the class of the AFC. The Browns look like a team that you don't want to face in the playoffs in the AFC side. If you if it's one of those two team, if those two teams face off in the AFC title game, and the Niners, you know they're they're looking at a trip to the Super Bowl as well. Who are you rooting for in that AFC title game between the, the Browns and the Ravens if, if the, the reward is facing the Niners in the Super Bowl?
7: I'm rooting for the Browns, um, and it's because Joe Flacco might be having a, you know, a revival here, but he's not Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson is just one of one, freak of freaks. Even when you do everything right, he could still break out and make a big play. Joe Flacco has been very good, yes. He's also had a bunch of turnovers. He's turned the ball over at least once, I think, in every single start that he has had. I'll take a guy that's going to give the 49ers a chance to take the ball away over a guy like Lamar who not only can protect the football but can also make plays in the worst of situations. So I don't love either one of those options, to be honest, but if I have to take one, I'll take Cleveland.
5: Yeah, I'm, a, uh, I'm just kind of hoping the Dolphins maybe just sneak through into the Super Bowl yeah. and then we just get a, a Shanahan McDaniel Super
4: Bowl instead. I don't trust Tuna uh-huh. at all. Um, I do trust Rob Guerrero talking 49ers this Sunday morning, 8 a.m. right here on 95.7 the game. Rob, uh, appreciate the time, man, and a happy new year.
7: Thanks for having me anytime.
4: Thank you. That's Rob Stats-Guerrera again. Catch him on the Gold Standard Network this Sunday morning at 8 a.m. right here on 95.7 The Game and every Sunday at 8 a.m. for the rest of the season. Lots of good stuff there. You can find the entire interview on YouTube. Search 95.7 The Game. Like and subscribe there. And you are listening to 95.7 The Game. KGMZ FM and one San Francisco always live on the free Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app and favorite 95.7 The Game for the best and most up-to-date sports coverage and don't forget that you can also watch us every day on YouTube and Twitch. Just log on and search. 957 of The Game. Be sure to like and subscribe to the channel while you are there. And it's a football Friday brought to you by First 5 California. To learn four things you can do to overcome toxic stress, go to first5california.com. 888-957-9570. Shout out to the Comcast Business Text Line right there. As we talk to Rob Stats Guerrero, we're talking about the year that was, the year that's going to be. A year in review um, and resolutions for our Bay Area sports team. We talked about the Niners, what it can be, obviously winning the Super Bowl, Um, obviously trying to retain some of your defensive coordinators that you seem to lose each and every year. You have your quarterback, so that's one in the uh, hand, if you will. You want to talk about some of these other teams here, Sam? We talked a lot of Niners, and we'll continue to take your calls and texts. On. We talked a lot of Warriors taking the L last night, and we can get into the Warriors maybe. Um, Resolutions for them Heading into this year.
5: Yeah, I'll do a little Warriors here before we get to taking them to school here before this break. Um Warriors resolution is can we find Steph some help, please? Like you mentioned it earlier, you know, when Chaski was on, Draymond Green, second best player on the team right now. Not great. That's that's not no bueno right there. That's not sustainable. Klay Thompson. Bless him. He's been doing really good up until these last two games, but Clay is going to be far you too said it streaky. right there.
4: Clay Thompson, bless him. That's never something you want to say with one of your players. Like, it's, this, God you know, love
5: him. He, he, he's had a great stretch, cooled off these last two games, but Clay is going to be streaky. He is not going to be the Clay Thompson of old. The shot will always be there, but the overall body of work, it's, it's just not going to be dependable. Uh, like, it's at the point where the Warriors, they need to find a legitimate number two for Steph Curry. I think that's going to be your goal this year. I don't know if you find it in season or if it's something you find in this, in, in this upcoming offseason this summer, but... If the goal is to get another championship for Stephen Curry before he retires, again, he's 35 years old. You've probably got at at minimum three elite years left out of him, maybe more. Uh, He's definitely a guy who I think could be an elite scorer up until he's he's 40. Uh, That's just how good—I mean, he could age very well like LeBron has. But he needs another guy. He can't just do it on his own. Someone needs to come in and help him. So if I'm the Warriors, I'm thinking, what can I do? And you're gonna have to really blow the roster up to do this, but what can I do to bring in a legitimate as uh, you know, 1B to, to Steph's 1A, a legitimate Robin to Steph's Batman to basically kind of help carry the load here on these nights where he's not, you know, feeling it from, from the field because Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, yo, know, Andrew Wiggins. They, they're not good enough to be playing number two to Steph Curry right now.
4: So, who's that going to be? Who's out there that you can get? 888 957 9570, a uh, Robin to Stephen Curry's Batman if it's no longer on the team anymore. If we're all in agreement that it's not going to be Andrew Wiggins, if he can't, you know, garner up. That, that special season, that special postseason run he had a few years ago and that championship run, if it's not him. Uh, Draymond Green, he's limited offensively. We know that. He's still a great defensive player. But your you Robin used to be your splash brother in Clay Thompson. The consistency isn't there. Steph's still playing at an elite level, albeit not the last two nights. You're starting to see the wear and tear a little bit on Steph, and it's taken a lot out of him. I mean, this guy's been carrying this franchise now for the better part of the last few seasons. It takes a lot out of him. I mean, and we take it for granted. Um, Steph in, Curry, year in and year out. LeBron James, you take him for granted. Tom Brady, you take these guys for granted. But it wears on them. Not just mentally, but physically as well. To the point where... like, I, I it's, it's starting to become a little desperate time for the Golden State Warriors here. We're, we're starting to get to the new year. And Mike Dunleavy is going to have a lot on his plate come uh-huh. trade deadline time. What's it going to be? Is it going to be Kaminga? Is it going to be Wiggins? So I'm looking at Mike Dunleavy here, talking about resolutions. He's going to have to be the guy.
5: Yeah. Can I throw a wild idea out there? Sure.
4: I Just love wild fun. ideas at 9.06 a.m. on the uh, I almost said the pregame show. On the morning roast morning, with uh, the morning Jost. Uh, the morning roast with Joe Spadoni and Sam Lubbin. Um, My wild idea is, because I'm looking for
5: who can they make a trade for, so I'm looking at teams that are Not really doing good right now, maybe don't have a great future ahead of them, but have a really, really good, dynamic player who maybe just needs to get out of there and get onto a team that actually cares about winning. And I'm looking, you know, scanning through the NBA standings, you know, who fits that bill? Um... Past candidates have, you know obviously we were there. We, you know, we've discussed Zion Williamson as an option. I don't know how that really works. Joel Embiid's name that's been, been brought up every now and then.
4: Uh, remember when Howard? Them. They're twenty-one and nine. I don't think they're moving off. Of no, him. No, I don't
5: think they're moving off doesn't him either. Sense. And honestly, I, I remember when Howard Eskin came on live uh, earlier this year, basically shot down any notion of an Embiid trade because Embiid doesn't really care about winning to that degree. Like he's not a winner. Eskin you know flat out said
4: it. Pelicans are eighteen and fourteen. They're in the thick. Of I don't it. think they're giving they, up on Zion either. Going on, yeah. So
5: where I ended up. Strang, to was down in the ATL. Spadoni, what if the Warriors swung a massive trade to bring in Trey Young as the new splash brother alongside Stephen Curry? You have a great scorer there, a great ball distributor. He's averaging 28 points per game, 11 assists right now for a not-going-anywhere Atlanta Hawks team. Again, you're saying Clay's not good enough to be that other splash brother. Why not go out and bring in the guy who... Basically, when, when the Hawks drafted him, Travis Schlank was calling the shots then. Basically, drafted Trey Young because he wanted to get his own Steph Curry, basically, in terms of the three-point shooting. If you bring Trey Young in here, pair him up with Steph Curry. If you could somehow hold on to Clay in the process. Uh, Trey Young's got about a $40 million contract. Maybe it's a package built around Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, and maybe a young guy, maybe some draft picks there to try and entice the Hawks to make this deal. I mean I don't know, I'm throwing ideas out there you seeing are, what sticks. certainly are. If you're trying to find it's if you want to recreate the magic the Splash Brothers once had, you need to find a guy who could shoot the ball at that level. I mean, why not?
4: Trey Young, why not? Are you buying what Sam Lobban's saying? Go crazy, go after guys like Trey Young. So not only do you get smaller, uh you still don't get any defense. From Trey Young, uh, I know you're not getting as good as defense as you used to have, but at least Clay is a bigger body. You can card some of the bigger guys. I mean, you're sacrificing a lot there on the uh, the size aspect for a team that's already small. You're getting even smaller. The 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 Oh no, the
5: defense would be yeah, horrible. That, but so, I mean, I don't know, you're just trying to outscore. I mean, again, it's <laughs> but again, like, what other options are there out there? Like what you have right now, status quo is not good enough at that
4: point. But I understand what you're saying, Zach Levine. People are saying Zach Levine. Like the Eastern Conference, it's so funny because I'm looking at it right now. the 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 ten seed right now are the 14 and 19 Bulls. The Eastern Conference just isn't what it is. It hasn't been the Eastern Conference. Just hasn't been good in 20 plus years, obviously, until the Michael Jordan Bulls uh, got disbanded. So I mean, Pascal Siakam. That's a guy I know. He's not the sexy name of a Zach Levine or a Trey Young but he's got the size he's got the athleticism can he swing a deal there in Toronto hey I mean Andrew Wiggins Canadian I mean I, yeah, I'd be
5: down for that's, Siakam too that's, that's probably the guy. safer bet but is Siakam elevating this team enough to the point where they're back to you're championship you're getting something contention? there at you're at getting least. closer maybe you're, you're in the running you something so, um,
4: I'll, I'll say that. I mean, you're looking at the Hornets. I don't know what the Hornets have. Uh, The Hawks, yeah, the, the Bulls. I mean, Caruso. Uh, so they're just limited right now with stars being available. Maybe in the offseason something comes to fruition. You never know. Like, I didn't think Drew Holiday was going to get traded. Now he's on the Celtics. Obviously the Bucs bring in Damian Lillard. Did not see that on my radar. Bucks are flying high right now. They're 8-2 in their last 10, 23-8. Game and a half back of the Boston Celtics, who went to overtime yesterday against the Detroit Pistons. But right now, it is time for uh, taking them to school, Sam Lubman.
3: It's time for taking them to school. Brought to you by
6: Peralta Community College District. Spring is free at Laney, Berkeley City, Merritt,
3: and the College of Alameda.
4: God, I love this beat. Shout out memories by uh, David Guetta and Kid Cuddy. There was not a lot to smile about in last night's loss. Steph Curry still found a way to inject a little bit of happiness.
3: At a bio up top. Drives up Pajemski, stumbles and falls. Curry picks his pocket as he's falling down. Curry left-hand dribble. Crossover, right hand, crossover, left hand, drives, takes the hit, scores, and got fouled. And he's happy about it. Big fist clutch of arm thrown in celebration.
4: Curry heads to the stride. Yeah, you picked it up there, Timmy Roy. That's uh, the great Tim Fought Roy. through that one Right there. here on 95.7 The Game, our guy. Love, Tim Roy. Uh, you're home for Golden State Warriors basketball right here on 95.7 The Game. And that was Taking Them to School, brought to you by Peralta Community College District. Spring is free at Laney Berkeley City College, Merritt, and the College of Alameda. For more info, visit Peralta.com edu i am a berkeley city college alum laney college alum uh sf state alum and uh we got one more segment here for you spadoni and lubman and as i pull up my reads What's coming up with a game sponsored by Fremont Bank Full Service Banking? No compromises, more of your calls and texts. The year that was, the year that's going to be for Bay Area Sports on the other side, right here. 95.7 the game.
2: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Mm-hmm.